I think understanding other points of view is important. Number one, it challenges us to learn more uh, so that we can truly back up our point of view. Um, and I think it also instructs us in areas that, you know, uh, might cause us to, to wonder, you know, where's that person coming from? You know, so when you understand the other person's point of view, uh, I hope it can build unity better. Um, we also want to provide very clear uh, Bible-centered teaching on these topics, uh, obviously. Um, and then hopefully answer any remaining questions that you might have or discuss new ones that come up as a result of, of what we've discussed. Um, but at the end of the day, we want to remember that even though some of these topics are a little bit heavy, some of them are contentious, um, we have to approach everything uh, from a standpoint of love. So, you know, we're not doing this to, to you know, have fist fights in class or anything like that, or have people walk out of here going, wow, I can't believe they think that, you know. So, that's kind of our, 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 main, uh, our main goal. Um, Mark, if you could open this up in yep. prayer, we'll get rolling here. Father, we thank you for this, just the beauty of this morning and to be able to be alive uh, here and to be able to know that you are God and that you are faithful and that your mercy um, is new every morning. And uh, Father, we extol and lift up your name in, in, the, in the assembly of the believers here in this room and also this morning as a in the sanctuary. Father, we ask that you would tune our hearts to sing your praise and to be able to um, uh, clearly understand um, your word. Father, each of us are in progress and um, are uh, becoming more like you. And Father, we ask uh, this morning that you would take this topic and uh, use it for your purposes and your glory. And uh, Father, we ask that uh, it would be um, uh, something that um, you would speak through your word to um, each of us in this room. I pray that you would go before through the power of your spirit, um, Michael's um, teaching this morning, and that you would cause it to fall heavy on lives um, as it pertains to um, the, the manner and method of true repentance and how, um, first and foremost, uh, what that means in our relationship with you. And then, Father, just as important um, is how it what it means in our relationships with one another and how we can really know um, um, where our hearts are really at as it pertains to turning around and doing 180 degrees so that we can follow you and you only. And we ask these things in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. So, uh, the agenda for this morning, uh, we covered a couple of points already. Uh, we're going to move on uh, to go ahead and jump into what scripture has to say. Uh, real quick though, I wanted to just kind of go around the room, maybe spend two minutes on this and talk uh, about the roundtable questions. Um, who would like to share kind of where you developed your perspective on hell? Mark's got the ultimate answer. I, well, I just said my high school gym coach used the word quite a bit. <laughs> was it in reference to? <laughs> Usually what was going on. Okay. <laughs> What the? Yeah. Uh, Excellent. Who else? Thanks. Anybody else want to chime in here? All right. Well, then I'll move on to the next one. Who wants to describe hell as they understand it when they walked in the room this morning? Come on. Anybody? Separation from God. Separation from God. Eternal separation. Eternal separation from God. Thank you, Ben, for clarifying. Lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow. Well done. 
Unquenchable fire. Unquenchable fire. Kevin, you want to chime in there? What's hell? Tell, tell me what hell is. Very sad. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a touchy-feely answer. <laughs> hell is death. Very good. Um, would you guys say that the Bible presents a clear picture of what hell is? Yeah? Can I answer it with a different question? Sir? Sure. Or statement? Yeah. It presents the picture that God wants us to see. Okay. Because it's His Word. Okay. So, clear, I'm not sure everything in Scripture is clear to us, but it's the Word of God. So, it's whether it's clear or not, it's perfect. Sufficient. Yeah. Sufficient, that's important too. Interesting. It's as much as he wants us to understand. Okay. Does anyone mind if I close the door? Please. Go ahead. If it gets warm after a little bit, just feel free to open back up again because it does get warm sometimes. Yeah. Get open. I just can't hear it. Yeah, I think we would agree that. Um, Kind of like along the lines of what Mark said, uh, it might not always be clear um, because depending on what you're reading, the context you're reading it in, you might go, what? Wait a minute. But I think we'll see today that you can come to a very clear perspective based on Scripture alone. Well, I think too that the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals everything to us through the Scripture. So, um, you know, God will um, will show each individual one of us what we are, I don't know, the word ready to see or understand or what he wants to reveal to us while we're doing it, but we also have the responsibility to look for it. We can't just say, oh, hell's in the Bible. Great, wonderful. If you don't go <laughs> looking for it, well, then God can't. Well, I, mean, I shouldn't ever say God can't, but um, God doesn't just say, here, poof, now you know all about hell. You know, we still have a responsibility to go in and look for it. You're right. I agree. What are some of the other uh, <coughs> definitions or pictures of hell that, that we've been exposed to? Party time in the tropics forever. Party time in the tropics forever. <laughs> like a, like a, a, like a, a, a like, rum commercial, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, you die, you go down there, you'll be with your friends, and you'll be partying all the time. And you won't have to worry about being cold. What else? Uh, Mike North, who's a radio personality in Chicago, <coughs> says that... Um, he wants to be buried in an, a, an asbestos suit and a fire extinguisher, and he'll try to hold off the flames as long as he possibly can. Until the asbestos gets him with wow. cancer. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but, but the reason I, I bring that up is because that's kind of the attitude that a lot of people have. It's not quite as serious. It can be just a joke. And, you know, and I don't think, you know, many people don't realize how serious it is. Yeah. Yeah, I would suspect that the, the, their, their flippancy is really revealing that they don't believe there's really anything after this. Because if they really thought that that was the case, I don't think they would be joking about it so much. Mm -hmm. I think the worst part about it is not just the fact that it's described as fire and brimstone, but also just the fact that it's separation from God, separation from the Creator himself. I would tend to agree. I, I've always said... You don't need to burn me if I find out at the end of the life that I'm separated from God and eternal life. That 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 would you wouldn't need to burn me. <laughs> I'd be sad enough. <clears throat> cool. Right. And there another one. I think it's Rob Bell, isn't it? Mark, who's come up with the new feeling that 
uh, based on what he understands of God, either hell doesn't exist any longer, um, something to that extent. Yeah. Yeah, he says it's, you know, it's a thing of the past, basically. Yeah, I'm not sure where Rob Bell's driving to half the time, but that's okay. <clears throat> Based on what you understand right now as you walk into the room, do you believe that your perspective on hell exalts God or diminishes the glory of God? Proves on his justice. Say that again? It proves on his justice. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if God is just, uh, there's almost an obligation to punish, right? Um, so I guess the nature of that punishment is, is more the question than whether he punishes or not, right? It also proves on his grace. And say what? It also proves on his grace. Absolutely. Because there has to be a contract, contrast to justice, mm-hmm. right? Sure. All right. Well, good. I hope you guys had a, a fruitful discussion amongst yourselves. We're going to come back to these questions at the end and just see if we've... Um, come away with anything different. <clears throat> so let's dive into it. So the first thing we wanted to do is to, to kind of lead off with a little introduction and let you understand why we, we felt that this topic was worthy of a hot topic slot. You know, the topic of hell is really critical to our understanding of salvation. Um, again, if the, 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 the notion of uh, eternal reward and eternal punishment um, kind of sets out the, the dichotomy. It's really the whole purpose for why we uh, even engage in the topic of is there a God, should we believe, what's our relationship to God. Um, but it's really under- important that we understand this when we try to witness to people. Um, because again, you know, bringing the good news of Jesus is absolutely essential. But people like to go deeper. You know, people ask questions about, well, what if I don't believe? Um, and you have to have a very clear um, ability to, to articulate what the what if is. And I think it's important to understand uh, as best we can, like we said before, is, is to get as clear a picture as we can from Scripture with our, our limited intellect. Um, but ho- hopefully the Holy Spirit will give us a perspective that allows us to, to speak truth and at the same time not put somebody in a place where they're like, whoa, that's crazy. You know? um, I mean, I've talked to believers um, about this topic before, and, and, and the way they engage in the topic I can see would be very off-putting to somebody who is not, um, who is not uh, a believer. They, they would look at that and, and come away with an incorrect uh, picture of the character of God. Uh, instead of God being just, merciful all at once, they would come away with a picture of God who's perhaps capricious and, and mean and, um, uh, you know, other words like that. Mark, did you want to add anything around this? No, I, I think uh, one of the things that we wanted to do in this conversation, as you'll see, is to, is to actually be, you know, in front of you demonstrate um, the kind of thing that we are trying to foster within our body around some of these hot topics because it's of utmost importance. Our goal here is to um, discuss a a hot topic. Um, We actually um, differ substantially on on this point of view uh, tied to what hell is. 
Um, I would suggest both are coming from a, a position of, uh, that, that, that falls in the realm of what we'll call orthodoxy. But our goal today, even through our time together, from a method perspective, regardless of outcome, is, is really about God-honoring, Christ-exalting conversation about things that are different, that we believe differently on. And that's our goal this morning. If we don't accomplish that, then we won't have accomplished anything. Um, so that's our goal. Um, in our time together. <clears throat> wanted to start out with a key verse um, because I think this is, does a, a great job of distilling down the essential nature on the topic of hell. Um, you know, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is everlasting life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, and I think as you see as we go through this, there's a lot packed into <laughs> one sentence um, that, that resonates with, with not only the two opinions that you'll hear today, but other opinions um, that we'll discuss. And maybe just before we go to that yeah. next slide, um, Monty, can you just probably, let, let's talk before we get into mm -hmm. things that differ, maybe mm -hmm. just what are the things that are that we think are, um, you know, we're in parallel, we're in sync on yeah. from the standpoint of this whole thing? What, yeah. do you, what, what would you, maybe you start off? Yeah, so, I mean, or? look, first of all, uh, I, I firmly believe in the sovereignty of God, the uh, abundant and, and, you know, limitless mercy of God, as well as God's um, obligation to be um, just. So, you know, when you're talking about a God that's boundless, where he is 100% of every one of his attributes, he is 100% merciful, he is also 100% just there necessarily has to be consequences uh, for uh, one of his beings who rejects him um, under any circumstance. So I fully believe that there is punishment, conscious punishment for rejecting God. Um, and we'll dive into the, the who, who's and whereofs and all of that. Um, and I think just to add to that, I think we, we, we both are like completely passionate about the gospel being the only solution for mankind to escape that punishment. We, we're passionate about the fact that Christ died on the cross, you know, for the salvation of Absolutely. sinners. Um, we're passionate about that God is the rewarder of eternal rewards, both to those who believe in him and to those who don't believe in him, right? I agree. Um, I think... Uh, you know, the, I think the, the I think the last thing would be that that God has a plan for the for eternity for both those who have um, who believe in Him and those who don't. Um, I think that we both land there too. Um, so I think those just to kind of do a wrap in the front end as far as like overall. I think I think those would be the key some of the key things, right? So there will be no fist fights today. Okay? <laughs> Sorry to disappoint anybody. I'd win anyway. Um, so, excuse me, is, is yep. there a, a, a con I mean... Yeah, we're going to talk about it next. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's a great state statement. <laughs> we wanted to give you guys kind of a, a view of the continuum of, you know, perspectives on this particular topic. And this isn't by any means comprehensive or exhaustive. I'm, I can't stand up, I guess, because then I'll be in the way of our friends over here. Um, you know, at the extreme left, I guess yeah, you put on the left side, didn't you? Left, yeah. <laughs> would be the materialist <laughs> would be the materialist point of view um, and, and this is the that was not a political statement <laughs> you said it <laughs> it wasn't 
this is the notion that, that there really is nothing after life. That when you die, you're dead, that's it, you cease to exist, and that, that ceasing to exist is an eternal condition. So what you got here in life is all you get. So, you know, in that perspective, go nuts, because you know, there's no piper to pay at the end. In the universalist uh, uh, mode, we're talking about, you know, when people die, everybody has some sort of eternal party, I guess is the you know, kindest way to put it. Um, you know, the notion there is that we are uh, immortal beings. Uh, we happen to live uh, a physical existence for a period of time, and then we return to our original state, and there's really no consequence to anything we've done here in this life. Original state being kind of Adam and Eve, and just the yeah. perfection. Perfection. Yeah, a state yeah. of perfection. So, so the idea of this human life is that we, I don't know what, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're in sin. <laughs> we're in sin, I guess, for whatever reason. But, yeah. Um, the postponed universalist uh, point of view is a little bit modified. Mm. Um, there will be a future resurrection um, upon which all will be handed uh, eternal life. So this is a, a bodily, you know, there's a, a, a bodily component to it where the universalist perspective is more of a spiritual, you know, an incorporeal spirit kind of a thing, and we're only physical for a period of time during this life. Postponed universalism is that there's, you know, this body will continue in eternity in some other way. Uh, but again, it's, it's a, everybody gets to go to the party kind of a point of view. Uh, the annihilation point of view, which is what I will be representing today, um, is a, a, you know, a, a biblically centered uh, perspective. Uh, it, it is most definitely a minority position within Orthodox Christianity. However, there are some significant denominations that um, uh, you know, generally accept this as their point of view. Um, the notion here is that after the resurrection, unbelievers will be judged and then destroyed. Um, they will be consciously punished for a period of time. We'll talk about that. But the end result is that, they are, that their body and their soul is destroyed completely and removed from existence and removed from participation in the new heaven and the new earth um, at the end of the age. Um, there's another perspective in between there, which is a second chance annihilation. This is that after the resurrection, unbelievers will have another opportunity to trust Christ. Um, so the notion here is that, uh, think about Thomas, for example. Thomas you know, lived and traveled with Christ for, for two, three years during his ministry, saw all the miracles, still didn't believe. Saw him die on a cross, still didn't believe. Saw him resurrected from the grave, <laughs> show up in the room, still didn't believe, had to physically touch the wounds in order to believe. Um, I, I think that's a similar, uh, I, I think that's a pr provable case for this point of view uh, in that God isn't going to hold you responsible for something you couldn't see, you couldn't touch in life, but when you get, when you're dead and you're standing before God, you've got to be pretty hardcore to go, I don't want you, I don't accept you. So the idea there is that you get to say, oh, I'm my Lord, my God, I'm so sorry, I'm a big dummy, and he'll welcome you into heaven. Okay. And then lastly is the traditional, what we're calling the traditional view. Mark, would you like to summarize that? Yeah, just that after death, all, all, all men and women <laughs> will live, have, uh, have eternal souls, and that they um, will go into eternal um, direction one way or another, be it eternal life or eternal death, and that death is um, 
from a non-believer perspective, since the conversations here about hell, it'd be, um, I guess, the language that that um, our constitution lays out is um, eternal conscience, conscious punishment. I think those are the three words that it uses there. So we'll talk about more about that throughout our time together. Okay. <clears throat> any thoughts or questions on any of these perspectives? Uh, with the annihilation um, stance. Um, is that does that hold that the like, believers will not be will not come before a judgment? No, it it's, it, it no, it absolutely there there is an absolute judgment for both okay. believers and unbelievers. And what what is that? Where do the believers? Because it just says uh, unbelievers will be judged. So then where do right? I'm confused as to what the believers are in that one. Yeah, the believers it's <clears throat> same as our traditional perspective, where the believers are are judged and uh, move and on to an eternal. Yeah. Yeah, for believers, it, it would be the same as the right-hand side. Same. We just should have said it that in yeah. there, but we didn't. I really struggle because the two views just seem very, I mean, there seems to be like a really fine line between the two views. I must be missing something. I feel like there's... Uh, the issue really ends up being um, that af after punishment by God, mm -hmm. demonstrating his wrath, okay, on non-believers, mm -hmm. then they will cease to exist forever. Both body and soul. Oh, so they don't burn in hell eternally. But, oh, Correct. Okay, okay, they're just... Correct. Burned up. Annihilated. Oh. Great summary there. Okay, all right. Then, yeah, that makes sense. Because I didn't see the difference, so I yeah. was confused. Does that make okay. sense? All right, yeah. so, so the believers in that column would be the same as the believers on the right-hand column, right. too. There would be no difference there. So that means, is there no hell, then, in that view? No, there'd be a hell, but... But it will be consumed, is how it would go. Right, right. And we'll and we'll get we'll into the okay. particulars. Sorry, I just was this. really confused. It's okay. Our my goal, my personal goal now, is to have you walk out of here not confused. <laughs> That's good. So taking it by that definition, that the word destroyed in this context is to define put out of existence forever. Correct. Instead of like. Like a vehicle is in, in the uh, junkyard and it's yeah. destroyed, that means it no longer runs, but it no. still exists. No, it's, it's, and, and that's why the point of view is called annihilation. Right, right, right. It, it is to s this complete to ceasing to exist. Yeah. Okay. Tom? Where, where does conscious punishment fall into the annihilation sphere? You'll, you'll see when we get into it here that there is a, an absolutely a period in the lake of fire of conscious uh, punishment. And due to time, we'll probably need to move on. Yeah. You'll get your answers covered, I guarantee you. You will. <laughs> Real quick, I wanted, we wanted to give you guys a, a, a little bit of a background overview here in case you don't already know this. The word hell in the Bible um, actually doesn't appear. I think you guys would, would know that. In the English translations, we uh, translate it to hell, but in, in the original uh, text, there's four different words they use for hell. Let's go through them. The first and the most often used is shield. This is a Hebrew word um, going back all the way to the Old Testament and beyond. Uh, it's used 31 times in the Old Testament and it, and it literally means grave yeah, or, the, or the condition or state of being dead um, is, is really uh, the core meaning of it. Um, Hades in the New Testament is used uh, 10 times in some translations a dozen times. Um, and it's the Greek word, again, for grave or the abode of the grave or the, the realm of the dead. Okay, and that's, that's a, it's, it's a Greek concept for, for certain. Gehenna is another word that's used in the New Testament, and, and this is the one that Christ seems to favor uh, when he speaks about, about hell. Um, this is used a dozen times, and it means a place of burning, and it's, it's literally a reference to the Valley of Hinnom, which is a place outside the city of Jerusalem, which was basically the city dump. 
Um, and it was uh, in, in, in first century Palestine parlance, it was the worst place you could possibly imagine. So if you wanted to communicate um, the worst punishment you could think of, beyond even the stuff that the Romans did to you, this is a great visual vehicle to use because it was the place nobody wanted to go. Okay? Uh, and then Tartarus is another one, or Tartaru is another word that's used only one time in Second Peter. And it's a Greek word, world, uh, word that means the underworld place of confinement. Um, this is where uh, they speak of where the, the angels were sent and bound uh, that rebelled against God. And it's like the abyss, right? The, the abyss, Correct. exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure we were kind of clear on that. I know a lot of you already do these, but for those of you who didn't. So let's get into it. Um, we've teed up a series of questions here that we hope will illuminate uh, this topic. And we're just going to kind of go back and forth. We're going to talk about the question, and then we'll, we'll talk about the, the two different points of view and the scriptural uh, backup for each. So the first one here is, what is the result of sin? So at the end of the day, if you if you die and you are not saved, you know what does the Bible tell us is um, the, the future for sinners? And, and it's clear, you know, when you read Scripture, uh, death is the punishment for sin, uh, and that's a consistent theme through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, you know, in James, we're, we're talking about the desire uh, when it is conceived uh, gives birth to sin, and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. Again, in John talks about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And, and from an annihilationist point of view, that's a really key verse, because what it does is it sets up this, this dichotomy, this choice, that's fairly clear and, and unambiguous, um, that God is offering you eternal life, should you believe, and if you don't, he's offering death. Perish. Perish is a very straightforward word. It means to die, to cease to exist. So again, here, the, and this is, as you know, probably the most often used verse in the Bible uh, for evangelism purposes, because I think it clearly, concisely, and accurately communicates what God wants us to tell the world, that if you want to live forever, and you live in me. Uh, apart from me, there's nothing but death. Uh, and then lastly, I wanted to bring up Romans here. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, here Paul is, is uh, saying what John said earlier. Um, the wages of sin, the reward for sin, the outcome of sin is death. Not eternal conscious punishment. I mean, Paul, certainly Paul, let's, let's be honest. Paul was pretty, pretty clear in a lot of his teachings. Um, sin is, the, the wages of sin is death. The price you pay for dying in sin is death. Um, the reward is eternal life. This also break, begs the question too, um, because we've seen now the, 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 the dichotomy again between you know sinners being in death, uh, believers being rewarded with eternal life. Um, it begs the question, uh, what's the nature of our soul? Um, are we by design immortal? Um, and, and there's, you know, you go back to Genesis and think about what was the deal there? You know, were we created at the time when, you know, right at the beginning, were we created to be immortal? Um, I mean, you'll see as we go along in here, there's, there's some question about that. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Mark, you can, you can pick up here. Okay. Um, 
So I think there's four points I'd like to make on this particular topic as it pertains to the end result of sin. First of all, uh, and you know, Monty would concur, you know, God is holy, um, and uh, throughout scriptures we see that that's very clear. The second point here is that, you know, God is just, and that he, ha- he can never be put, quote, on trial. So whatever God's, whatever it is that God's saying, if, should we really fully understand it? There's no place in the scriptures where he can like, where we can stand in judgment of God because of, uh, for him not being just. Because to, to Monty's point earlier is like, I mean, we we look up justice and and love and mercy and everything holiness in 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 the dictionary, right? We we'd see a picture of God. We won't, but I mean that's the concept is that he's fully all those things, and that's who he is. And anything less than that is not is not, if you would. Um, the, um, the other thing here is that um, he says uh, that God hates sin and that God punishes the sinner. Um, so uh, a number of key verses here that we'll probably get into a little bit later, um, but it's important to talk about the end result of, of uh, those who are sinful um, has multiple dimensions here, and we're going to talk about you know, both both the demonic realm and the, the human realm, um, demonic, I'll call it angels and humans, in both uh, groups of beings, there have been uh, sin. And so both have a sin dimension to them. When we talk about death, um, uh, Romans um, 8, 19, I think it is, says, through one man death entered into the world. That's Adam. And so what that meant is the scriptures in three different places talk about three different types of death. Um, Therefore, outcomes of end result of sin. There's physical death, which 